0: What is going on, Baylor fans? Welcome into Please Bear with Me. We are heading into the last game of the season. So exciting. Baylor playing for their bowl eligibility lives. It should be a great matchup between the Baylor Bears and the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Arlington on Saturday. I cannot wait to see what's going to go down between these two teams. Let me start today by talking about the TCU game. And then we are going to roll into a conversation between myself and your boy Q of ESPN Central Texas that will be followed by the minor minute today. And then one more thought that I have to close the podcast. You ready? Let's dive in. So, everyone's upset about the TCU game last Saturday, and with good reasons. It was senior day. You had a pretty good crowd at McLean, especially considering what our football team has been through over the past couple seasons. You had a team in TCU that has severely underperformed this season and has not looked like a good football team. And furthermore, in the first quarter, they had to put in a quarterback who's not even on scholarship because they had their second unfortunate injury at the quarterback Position and understandably so, Baylor fans are frustrated and screaming mad and not happy about what went down on Saturday. And let me tell you, I was right there with you, right? I was upset. I didn't understand why we looked incompetent against a clearly inferior opponent, right? But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And listen, we are at five wins playing for bowl eligibility on Saturday. And so, yeah, I'm upset about the TCU loss. Quickly, why did we lose that game? If you, and I saw some of you doing this on Twitter, if you are blaming the defense for losing that game against TCU, you're simply wrong. When you hold a Big 12 opponent to 16 points, I don't care who it is, Iowa State, TCU, Kansas, I don't care. If you hold a team to 16 points, you should win the football game. That is more than enough good defensive play to win the football game. I thought Baylor's defense played well enough to beat Iowa State. I thought Baylor's defense played well enough to beat Texas. And we held TCU to even less points than those teams. This defense has improved radically this season. And I got to give Coach Snow and Coach Rule and anybody else who's working on that side of the ball a ton of credit because I still don't think that defense is very talented. I think getting Harrison Hand back has really helped uh, on the outside. I think Clay Johnston's a stud. I think Blake Lynch uh, and some others on that defensive line are studs. I don't think Chris Miller's that good of a cover safety. I don't think Verkedrick Vons is that good. I don't think these freshmen are ready to play at this level. And yet the defense is playing well enough consistently now to win games. Got to give a big, big shout out to that defense on Saturday. They played great. Yes, Jalen Rager made a ridiculous play and we completely whiffed on a few tackles. That happened. Yes, Jalen Rager again scored on an end around and it's easy for us to sit in the stands and say, well, he's their only player at this point. But man, that's called good coaching, good scheme. TCU has always had some tricks up their sleeve and found ways to score. Holding them to 16 is a win for us on Saturday the real head-scratcher comes on the offensive side of the ball. And it was really easy in some moments this season to blame the lack of movement of the offense on Jalen McClendon, which isn't fair, but that was just the easy thing to do. You know, the first half when he started against Oklahoma State and when he came in against Iowa State, it was really easy just to blame the lack of ball movement on him. Because I think Charlie Brewer is a better college quarterback. I think he's a more dynamic college quarterback. But, man, Charlie Brewer looked gun-shy. He looked dazed. He looked timid. I think for the first time in his career, I saw him look kind of timid, especially there at the end. And frankly, I can't blame him. The offensive line was atrocious especially the right side, which is led by your two seniors, who, by the way, I love Pat Lawrence and Blake Blackmore. I've met Blake Blackmore in person. Great dude. And they're good football players. But they did not play well Saturday, and it's okay to say that. And I love them. Respect them. Cheer them on senior day. I gave them big rounds of applause, but they did not play well. You know, you can't fumble the ball, John Lovett, on the second play of the game. That doesn't help anything. You know, I don't know if the other fumble is on Charlie or the center. The reality is I've played quarterback. That center exchange is hard, and it's on both of them to get it right. So it could be one, it could be both of them that screwed that up. It doesn't matter. You can't turn the ball over like that at inopportune times. And, I mean, everybody played poorly. There were drops on the outside by all the receivers. Nobody on that offense played well. And so I want to start with that is that nobody played well. Charlie probably played his worst game of the season. Offensive line played one of their worst games of the season. Receivers played one of their worst games of the season. Backs played one of their worst games of the season. It didn't help that Jermichael Hastie was hurt. That sucks that he was hurt. And a lot of you are going to run, and you have been running, and pointing to Jeff Nixon as the problem. And let me say this as balanced as I can. Jeff Nixon might be part of the problem. He might be. This is his first play-calling job at Baylor. He has been great in moments and he has been, uh, you know, not so great in moments. I've seen Matt Rule screaming at him a few times on the sideline when things aren't going the way they should. You know, I know there's some tension there. Rule did bring in Marcus Satterfield, who was his offensive coordinator to great success at Temple. And so there's a lot of speculation that he's going to end up calling plays by next season. I know that myself and some others feel like maybe a guy like Sean Bell needs to be calling plays I know still others who want to go hire an offensive coordinator from somewhere else all those opinions are valid and maybe Jeff Nixon's the problem I'm not going to say he's been great he's definitely had poor moments however I think Saturday is more on the players I really do I think if you're on that offense you've just got you got to make plays great players make great plays Jalen Hurd made a couple plays, and outside of that, didn't see a lot of playmakers on Saturday on our offense, and it sucks for our defense, because they really are improving and they deserve a lot of credit. So to me, that's the story of the game from this past Saturday. Let's dive into this conversation with your boy Q. We'll talk about this past Saturday, we'll talk about the season, we'll talk about this coming Saturday, and then I'll have more for you after that. I wanted to get you late this year because last year we talked right at the beginning of the season. I feel like everything was what ifs. Right. And now we've got kind of almost everything on the table.
1: <laughs> now it's like, oh <laughs> what's next? <laughs> I know it. I know
0: it. So where are you at right now? How, how have you felt about this season thus far for for Baylor?
1: Well, just like last season, I gave them four wins. I thought they would win about four. And, well, they've already won five with an opportunity to win six, possibly seven if they go to a bowl game. So I think that they've overachieved, but at the same time, they've kind of... Let me down a little bit because I feel like there was games that were winnable. You know what I'm saying? So there's like opportunities for them to go ahead and and actually really blow out my expectations. And, you know, I feel like they should already be bowl eligible. But, I mean, look, you are what your record is, you know, and you've won five games. So, again, if you take that step from one year to one win to five wins, that's great. But now you're so close. It's like a tease. You're so close to, you know what I'm saying? You're <laughs> yeah, so close yeah, yeah. to being bowl eligible. It's like, oh, but only if. And and you hate to look back at the end of the season and say, well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And why did that have to go this way? You know what I mean? So uh, hopefully they can get things done on Saturday. But, I mean, I think that they're going in the right direction. I just think that this team is still learning how to win. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Do you know how to win? Do you know how to finish games? And that's what they're learning how to do.
0: So how does that happen where and I'm going back to this last week, you play outstanding against some very solid competition, even in losses. I thought we played very well against Iowa State for the most part. thought we played about as well as you could expect against Texas. And then you walk into a game against a team like TCU, who in the first qu- quarter has to put in a... He wasn't even a scholarship quarterback, <laughs> right? And <how> you, <laughs> right. And And you... You can't even win that football game.
1: Well, I'll I tell you right now, it goes back to coaching. And I hate to say that because I'm a big Matt Rule guy. I, I like Matt Rule and what he's brought to the table. But honestly, I think that his guys went in with the mentality of, well, we've been listening to the radio all week and TCU's down. TCU's not a very good team, and we've been listening to when you say heads. When
0: you say his guys, are you talking players, coaching staff, yeah, everybody? I think
1: it's well, I think it's mainly players thinking that, hey, we're gonna roll these guys because everybody says that we're gonna roll them, but that's where the coaching staff has to come in and say, Hey man, this is Gary Patterson who's got skins on the wall. This is a team that's got pride. They're gonna want to come into your house, beat you on senior like there's so many different reasons for TCU to go in there with their guns blazing. And I just thought that, for some reason, Baylor thought that they were just going to cakewalk. And it just doesn't happen like that, man. It's a football game at the end of the day. And so I just felt like, as much as I hate to say it, they weren't quite as prepared as they should have been. And it just kind of looked like it throughout the game. As I'm standing on the sideline, I'm seeing these guys out there playing and just running around. It just It just seemed like they weren't 100% where they needed to be.
0: How do you, how do you fix that? Who...
1: I mean, again, that goes back to coaching. I mean, that was one of the questions, and, and I'm sure you heard Smokey's interview, his one-on-one with with uh, Matt Rule, and he asked him in the most polite, respectful way. Because I I texted him and said, ask Matt Rule if he got out coached, but you can't say it like that, right? Because that's disrespectful. Yeah, and I don't want Matt Rule to think I was trying to be disrespectful. But at some point, Gary Patterson just happened to coach you a little, coach a little bit better than you did. And that's okay. That happens. But, you know, it, it, so he did. He, he asked him, and I think he, you know, owned up to the fact that, hey, you know, Gary pushed some buttons that I didn't push, and I wasn't ready to push, and I didn't get my guys going the way that they should have gone. And so I think Matt Rule owns up to that. That was a big – I look at it as a huge, big missed opportunity on Saturday – Senior night, again, you could have got bowl eligible. The stadium was rocking. The fans did their job. I've been very hard on the fans, but they did their job. Students did their job. The only people that didn't do their job, well, the team on the field.
0: Well, and I would even say the only people that didn't do their job was the offense specifically because when you hold another team to 16 points in the Big 12.
1: You gave them a chance to win. I don't care who you're playing. That's a
0: game you should win. How did we go from – I feel like towards the beginning of the season, feeling confident that we could move the ball but probably couldn't stop anybody, to all of a sudden the narrative has changed. And, and this is what I think Matt Rule is would rather have it this way, a defensive football team. Right. But now we can't seem to move the ball. How does that transition happen? What have you seen? What's the difference? And maybe even, I know Baylor Twitter likes to just get on Jeff Nixon's back. He's easy to scapegoat in right. that. How much of that is him and how much of it is just not having the right pieces yet.
1: I just think that a lot of it has to do with not having the right pieces still. I mean, I think that Jeff Nixon has gotten better as a play caller. I still think that there's really no rhyme or reason to a lot of the play calls. A lot of them say, I, eh, it's kind of a wasted play, you know, and, and that's what you can't afford to do. When you're struggling to try to win games and you're really clawing and scratching and fighting to win games, you can't waste plays, you know, and I feel like Gary Bohannon coming in for one play was a wasted play. I think it was dumb, you know. I don't think it made any sense. And Matt Rule said, "Hey, that was my fault." So I mean, he he's he's good at taking ownership on a lot of things, and you give him credit for that. But at the same time, you don't always want him to go back to have to take ownership on something like take ownership on a W. You know what I mean? Like go go get a W. Feel like, hey, I went out there and I coached my tail off, helped my team get that win. So that's that's my biggest thing. Uh, and I just think that, that that offense is gonna have to continue to to develop and get better. I thought Charlie Brewer became gun shy towards the end of the game, and I know he was running for his life, but at the same time, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm not gonna have any time, so I'm just gonna run. And especially when it's down to a few seconds left, you can't waste seconds. I'm standing on the sideline like throw it. Yep, you, you, yep. Th- you running two yards is doing nothing but wasting time. So right. you gotta at some point you gotta know situational football and you gotta make better decisions.
0: Let's talk about him. How do you feel about Charlie Brewer? Because I even saw people on Twitter this week saying i saw one guy i wanted to bite his head off one guy saying we just need to accept that charlie brewer is not not a division one quarterback which i think is absurd especially when if you could have watched baylor before our briles the quarterbacks they had if you can watch some of these other schools some of the quarterbacks they're putting out there uh how do you feel about his development thus far because in some ways it feels like he's almost kind of the same guy he's always been right Which isn't bad, but you almost kind of... What's the next big step for him, you think?
1: I mean, you think about it, he's only a sophomore. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's not like he's a seasoned veteran. I mean, he got thrown into the fire as a freshman, uh, you know, and he really had no chance at that point. I think that he's developing. I don't think it's probably as fast as a lot of people want. Like, when I look at... At Charlie Brewer and I look at Jay, uh, uh, McClendon, uh, whatever, I forget his name now was Jalen McClendon, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Jalen's arm better I really do, I like his arm better and I like Charlie Brewer's legs better so if you can morph those two guys into one, it'd be awesome but McClendon holds the ball too long so he's going to get himself killed back there and Charlie Brewer is going to, because he's had so many opportunities to have guys get at him and, and try to kill him, he's going to take off too, so he gives the team the best chance to win, in my opinion just because the way that he approaches the game. like He's not going to give up on a play. He's going to try to make a bad play better instead of making a bad play worse where I think McClendon will set you up and, okay, if it's a bad play, then he might just throw a a lob up there and get picked or... He might just get killed. He might send back there and get right. drilled too much. So that's that's kind of the difference between the two guys. I like Charlie Brewer. I like the mentality he brings. I mean, he's he's kind of even killed when it's good. It's he's even killed when it's bad. I mean, it's not really he doesn't go up and down too much. He doesn't ride that roller coaster. So I like that kind of a mentality. He's just gotta find a way to get it done. You know, and right now your 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 offensive line's not that good. It's not. Your run game is not that good. Those are the two best friends of a quarterback is the run game and the offensive line. Neither one of those are working for you right now, but you have to find a way to get it done. And so again, situational football, my biggest problem with Charlie Brewer was you got to let the rock go at some point. You just got to let it go. Denzel Mims went running right past me on the sideline a couple times open, just fling it, let it go. You know, give yourself a chance, especially when you're desperation time, when it's down to the end and you have to get in the end on the score, two yard runs, are doing nothing. 3-yard runs are doing nothing and you're going sideline to sideline that's wasting nothing but time. So that that's my only problem but I like Charlie Brewer. I like him as a quarterback. I think he brings some good things. Uh, I've heard that before about him about you know he's not a he's not a division 1 quarterback. He's not a Big 12 quarterback. I totally get that. I mean look, he was committed to SMU so you take it for what you want. You know what I mean? I mean it, it, it is what it is. He's a Baylor quarterback right now. I think that he can get get it done. I think that Baylor could win with him. He just needs to continue to develop. And I think Matt Rule believes the same thing.
0: You mentioned the offensive line, and that's obviously been a point of frustration both seasons thus far with, with Matt Rule. I think, tell me this, because you're around the guys, you're on the team, and the coaching staff a lot more than I am. I hear Matt Rule bragging the most about Blake Blackmar and Pat Lawrence, mm-hmm. and nothing but respect for the guys for their work, for sticking right. with Baylor as leaders, as men. That right side of the offensive line is the side that's been getting blown up the last couple of weeks. I, and every time there's a holding penalty, I almost expect it to be Pat Lawrence right. at this point, or or a false start or whatever. Yep. Uh, I don't even know if they're I just, have a question. They're just, I just, they're just wonder not
1: that good right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? The offensive line is just not that good. It's it's like it's it's developing. They have some some older veterans there, and then they have some young dudes that are trying to learn. They're not really. I don't think they're Big Twelve offensive line size right now either. Hmm. I don't think they have the size yet. I think that they will at some point, but they haven't got there yet. And again, this is something that he's trying to develop in his style and what he wants to do, and I just think it's going to take a while. So you got to go with the growing pains, and that's why I don't like to use the, well, the offensive line's not giving the quarterback any time. You already know that you don't have much time. <laughs> you already know that it's going to be that. Right. That's what it is. That's why good, real good coaching says, okay, we're not going to have very much time. How can I run plays to get the ball out of this hand, guy's hand quicker? Why am I gonna run a play that's gonna be a slow developer if I don't have a line that can protect? So I gotta get it out. I gotta get it. Look, that's I mean, that's what happens. There's teams that you see all the time that are are hit with injuries and their left tackles down, their right tackle's down, their center, whatever. The, okay, let's change the game plan. Look at Gary Patterson on Saturday. He didn't have a quarterback. The dude couldn't and I think I saw you on Twitter say, Look, guys, he's not throwing it more than five yards. Right, I did, yeah. He's not yeah. going to throw it more than five yards. We all knew that. <clears throat> So, fine. But they knew what they had to do. Okay, get the ball to this guy and get it to this guy and hope for the best. And that's what they did. And they came out with a victory. So, sometimes, even though it's not who you want to be, you have to adjust to who you can be, in my opinion. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> mm, mm. That's a good word. But they got a chance this week. I mean, if you think about it, they got a chance this week against Tech. You know, they still they have one more opportunity to have another opportunity.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. What What do you expect to see Saturday against Tech? Because I, I have not watched much of them other than just when they've been on late. Right. Do we even know? Are they getting... Uh I don't think we
1: know know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't think we're going to know who the quarterback's going to be until they roll somebody out there. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll tell you right now, man, this is how I I sum up Saturday. I think Saturday's going to be a very exciting day for Baylor fans. I think uh, Saturday's going to be an exciting day for Texas Tech fans just because the simple fact is you don't know if your team is going to have another game. You don't. Both these teams are going in with the same exact everything, and they – both need to win to get to bowl eligible. They both need to win to, you know, feel feel better about themselves. I mean, they 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 both struggled. I mean, there was a point in the season where Texas Tech was playing some good ball and everyone right. was like, oh, man, Cliff Kingsbury, he's going to be around forever. Right. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they lost like five in a row. Now it's like, hey, uh, maybe uh, Cliff Kingsbury is not the guy after all. Maybe we need to get him out of there. And look, there's a lot of Texas Tech guys that want – Kingsbury out of there. I know there's a lot of Texas Tech alums, our own Ward Whites. He would love Kingsbury to be out yeah, there. Yeah. You know, he he's got his mind on someone else who used to be a coach here in Waco. I'm just gonna throw it out there. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, like, I didn't know I'm that. Not, but I'm not breaking news. I'm hey, hey, news. I I have
0: thrown that theory out there before. So. Well,
1: it's it's not it's not far-fetched as some people believe. But uh yeah, I'm just gonna throw that and leave it out there like that. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not breaking any kind of news because I don't know anything like that. But point is these two teams are gonna battle it out on Saturday. and and they both have opportunities to advance. I mean, this is do or die. It's like a playoff game. And so you, what more would you want? If I had an opportunity just to go into one game and, hey, look, Q, you win and you go on. You lose, you go home. I'll take that. At least it's an opportunity. You can go into this game and only have four wins and know, well, there ain't nothing going on. Right. I, I don't, I, you know, this yeah, is yeah, my yeah. last game regardless. That's what TCU did on Saturday against Baylor. They knew they had to win if they wanted to have an opportunity to set themselves up to play more than six games. Or more than, you know, get to a bowl. Well, they won that game, so they're five. Now they have to go win another one to get six. And if they do, then hey, they got an opportunity. That's all you can ask for is an opportunity. So Baylor has a shot on Saturday. Texas Tech is going to throw everything at them. I expect, and I would definitely expect Baylor to throw everything at Texas Tech. They have a really good defense, but... Whatever. You know, I think that Baylor can make plays. And, you know, their offense is so-so. If Jet Duffy's out there as quarterback, he's going to give you a chance to make plays on him because he's going to turn the ball over. Yeah. He's real reckless with the ball. Uh, I think he's a good athlete, but he's reckless with the ball. Right. So he, he holds the ball in the wrong hand when he's running. He, he he lets it fly whenever he wants to. You can pick it off. I mean, Baylor really has him out there. They can get three or four turnovers as far as I'm concerned. You
0: say that, but Baylor... Uh, is it last in the Big 12 in turnover margin? Yeah,
1: I mean, they don't create a lot of turnovers, but, I mean, if you have a guy that's a little bit reckless, he can help you in that. That's true. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and if you're lucky, you get that guy. But I don't know exactly who the quarterback's going to be, so we'll see by that, but... Either way, man, you're on a neutral site. You don't have, you know, it's not going to be a packed house regardless. I guarantee that. It's just going to be one of those opportunities. All you have to do is go in and play your style of football, your game, believe in the guy next to you. Don't try to do your job. Just do your, don't try to do his job. Just do your job and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. You have an opportunity. That's really all you can ask for. Nobody, I don't think anybody, unless you really, really just bleed green and gold, no one thought in year two they'd have an opportunity to go to a bowl game. I, I just I didn't believe it. I thought they had four wins max. Well, now they're knocking on the door six. Well, y- y-
0: I said five, and people were telling me I was being a hater. So.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, look, it's it's like I said. You could be honest, and people won't like it. Or you could sit here and be, like, unrealistic and be like, oh, you're just a homer, so whatever. I mean, look. I said four, and I was very comfortable with four. I said four last year, and they got one. So I right. was, I was yeah. over on last year, and I'm one game under so far. So whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm confident in that. I'm comfortable with that. So we'll see what they do. But uh, I, I honestly, and it's funny because I know that Craig, he said on, uh, I think on Tuesday, he said that he didn't expect Baylor to win this game on Saturday. And I'm actually the exact opposite. I actually expect Baylor, with their back against the wall, to go into AT&T huh. stadium and win the game on Saturday. And it's strange for me to say that because most of the time I would say, yeah, I'm not too feeling too good about this but i think with everything on the on the line with their back against the wall i think that they're going to go out there and play a, a really a lot better game than they played on saturday against tcu i don't think uh texas tex defense is as good as uh, TCUs and i don't think their coach is as good as gary patterson is so i think that baylor is going to have a good chance to win this game and i'm expecting them to win well
0: it 100 percent depends on which baylor comes out of the gate Right, because we've seen it's been a Jekyll and Hyde act. There's weeks that Baylor comes out and looks like we can play with anybody, and then there's, I mean, even against West Virginia, West Virginia had nine points till halfway through the second quarter, and you're thinking, oh, we can play with them, and then wheels fell off, Uh, and then we come out against, you know, first half Duke, TCU, and it just looks like, yeah. A bunch of scrubs.
1: TCU, if you could have scored a touchdown, if you could have scored probably one touchdown, that game's over. You know what I mean? Like there you just needed a touchdown to feel good about yourself. Charlie Brewer scored the one early on his little dive over the you know, the goal line. That was great. But you just felt like look, you just need to get in the end zone one more time and this game's gonna be a wrap. You're gonna basically kick TCU down the stairs and you just weren't able to do it. You just were not able to cross that goal line. And that that was so frustrating because that, like I said, was a huge missed opportunity. I feel like uh, actually, Coach Stewart at Temple said this. He said that uh, that every game you look at, there's about four or five plays that determine you know uh, who wins or, or loses. Mm. You just hope that those four or five plays are going in your favor and go, instead of going against you. And, and on on Saturday against TCU, unfortunately, those four or five plays went against Baylor.
0: You said you expect Baylor to win Saturday. What's what's the score prediction and why?
1: Uh, the score prediction because I
0: I might be with Craig on that one.
1: Okay, okay, and that's fair. You know, I, I think that the score prediction is going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm expecting. You know, 24, maybe 18, something around there. I mean, it's not going to be – I don't think they're going to put up some massive points, but I don't expect Tech to put up massive points either just because they they are kind of suspect to me as of late. And I don't know what their mindset is going in with their head coach that he could be on the way out. Look, he saved his job last year by beating Texas in Austin last game of the season, the regular season. He's in that situation, in my opinion. Again, he's got to win this game. I agree
0: with you. I yeah. don't
1: know what these guys' mindset is. I don't know how they're going to go in there. I just kind of feel like I know how Matt Rule is going to have his guys go in there. Uh, hopefully that he has them fired up like I thought they should have been fired up to play on a Saturday, and they weren't quite on, at that speed. But now that this is it's do or die, this is all she wrote, I think that these guys probably don't want to turn in their cleats and their shoulder pads on Monday. I'm sure that they want to continue to practice and play one more game. So I think that they're going to be pretty fired up um i i just i, I think that they're going to figure something out i think that they're really going to figure something out i think that charlie brewer is going to have a much better day than he did on on saturday and uh you know texas tech is going to give them some fits because they do have a better defense now they do cause some turnovers you know and Uh, they just got to protect the ball. But for some reason, and I can't really put my finger on it and say, this is the exact reason why they're going to win this game. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I have a gut feeling like, oh, they're not going to win. And just for some reason, something in my belly keeps telling me, oh, you know what, Baylor's going to win this game on Saturday. They're going to become bowl eligible. And, you know, everybody's going to be singing Matt Rule's praises on on Monday. And and that'll be fun, too. And uh, I'm excited for that. So hopefully it does work out that way.
0: Isn't that funny how (laughs) – I can say this. I hope I don't make anybody mad. Isn't it funny how fickle Baylor fans are?
1: Oh, yeah. Especially I mean, with coaches. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's I mean, that's.
0: that's I mean if uh, if, man. if we win Saturday, it's going to be give him a 10-year extension, right. and if we lose, it's going to be fire him He's tomorrow. He's not ready.
1: He can't, he can't make <laughs> it. He's not a Big 12 coach. He's not from the state of Texas. I know. And it, it drives me crazy because, like I said, and I don't try to be disrespectful, but I just try to keep it honest and be real with everyone. Look, Baylor wasn't bringing in national championships before him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a couple Big 12 titles, and and one was a co-title. But I'm saying, I mean, it's like they weren't – they're just not a powerhouse. They're not just some, some program that's been – Rich with tradition of winning and everything. Well, so, and that's what I,
0: I saw one guy on Twitter say. Uh, we need a bigger name, and right. I said Matt Rule was about to go to Oregon. <laughs> right. What what bigger name do you want? Yep. What do you? What bigger name is going to come to Baylor?
1: No, people are mad because <laughs> no, he wasn't on their radar. If he had been on their radar and it'd been like, hey, you know that Matt Rule guy from Temple would be great. Let's get him. Right. Nobody. That was Matt Rose did a great job of keeping that on the low. Nobody knew that that he was. Th- we didn't know. I mean, when we found out about it we're like Matt Rule Matt Rule and we had to do our own research <laughs> right. and the only reason I got excited about it is I got a buddy that that covers the NFL and he hit me immediately he was like, "Oh boy, you're getting a, a like an NFL quality coach at Baylor." And I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, "Dog, you are getting a damn good coach." And I'm telling you, he told me that before anybody told me anything mm-hmm. else. He let me know that. Man, he's got all his players at Temple tough. These guys aren't no punks. They're, you know, they they go out there and they play. And I was like, "Okay, cool." And so then That's when I started doing my research, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this dude's pretty quality. And so, yeah, I mean, that dude he has respect throughout the league. And again, like you mentioned, I'm an NFL guy. So, if you got respect in the league, I'm going to give you respect. I just, I like that mentality. I think that Matt Rule is going to be a head coach in the league one day. Uh, I think that'll be his next job when he leaves Baylor, whenever that's going to be. I'm not thinking it's anytime soon, but I think he will be a coach in the league. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I just feel like uh, on Saturday, man, these guys got a good chance to go out there and and get it done and and win a game. and go to a bowl game so uh, i'm looking forward to it being in attendance of course and you know we'll see how it shakes out
0: if you had to pick two or three mvps for baylor season this point who would they be
1: oh man that's tough i know that's that's really tough uh because it's at different moments they have different guys that really step up uh honestly i think that you know just because he's shown that he can come, bring them back from behind i tell you charlie brewer has to be one of them i would think that that would be uh you know insane not to make him one of them yeah um Besides that, I guess Jalen Hurd would have to be another one. You know, he's having a good season. He's, he's done multiple things. He's been a wide receiver. He's done his natural running back position. Uh, You know, he's helped out in that role. Uh, I, I don't know if, there was, if there's three that I would point out. I, I would point out those two guys, and I don't know if anybody on defense – I mean, Derek Thomas, I like what he's done, but he's been kind of hot or cold at moments. James you know? Lynch? Uh, yeah, James Lynch is nice. James Lynch is nice. He's going to be a player for that team, and so is Clay Johnston. You know, he's a, he's a player, too. I like I like him a lot. So, those I guess those two guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Derek Thomas, again, I, I like him for his leadership that he's brought to the team, and he's been able to kind of teach the guys in the secondary uh, yeah, what yeah. he's supposed to be doing, because he's been in that Phil Snow system for five years now. So, I like what he's brought to the table. Uh, he hasn't been as locked down as I kind of thought he was going to be, but at the same time, he has come up with some plays here and there. So, I like him. Uh, I guess you got to give that special teams unit. You got to give them some props because they've been, you know, blocking kicks, returning kicks, and that's something that you'd never see from a Baylor team. Is anything the
0: special teams, teams special teams unit minus the returners?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, the returners still don't know exactly what to be, what to do, and no, when, when does fair catch? It's unbelievable. And, you know, but and when not to try to run it and all that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. But uh, as far as just. Getting after it and blocking kicks and setting their team up for success that way. Uh, they've done a good job, man. That's something that you never, ever see from Baylor. So I, I think that that's a, a welcome improvement for that Baylor team. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much the guys that have stood out to me. And again, you got to give the team and, and you got to give Coach Rule and his staff, you got to give them props, man. They went from one win to five wins with an opportunity for six and an opportunity for seven if they get a bowl game. So, I mean, they still have more opportunity in front of them and really. Uh, realistic expectations. I think that they've already overachieved those realistic expectations. Now, unrealistic expectations: eight wins, nine wins. Okay, fine. <laughs> that's fine. But not too many teams go from one to nine or we one to We need to, to be eight. back
0: competing for Big Twelve championships. Right,
1: exactly. Exactly. So that's that's not in my mind realistic. That's just okay. Let's drink some more Kool Aid. <laughs> right. I'm
0: not. I'm not that guy. So. Right. You're you're an NFL guy. Uh, this is this fascinates me, and I've, this has fascinated me since about the second or third game of the season. How does Jalen Hurd grade out in a draft this year? And what position does he grade out at?
1: Well, it sounds like he wants to play wide receiver. And in my opinion, and I'm not trying to crush the guy's dreams, in my opinion, Jalen Hurd costs himself a lot of money. I hmm. Just in my opinion. I feel like You might he, be right. If he had stayed at the running back position, if he had stayed at Tennessee and just continued to, to kill it, without, however he was doing, I think he makes a lot of money. I think he's a first-round draft pick as a running back, maybe – Second round at the latest because running backs sometimes don't get into the first round. But if 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 worst comes to worst, he's a second round draft pick. I think at best right now he's probably like a fourth round wide receiver. I, I'm just it's nothing special about him. I I know he's a tough guy. He'll make a tough catch, but he's not that fast. He no. can't stretch the field. Right. Um. He's just you know his hands are. Yeah, they're decent, but he's a running back turned for wide receiver. Right, you know it's not it's right. not like he's a natural wide receiver. So I don't think that that he helped himself any by turning into a wide receiver. I know he wants the longevity, but sometimes the short money is probably better than the long money, depending sure, on how much sure. money you make at first. You know, so right. yeah, uh, I, I think he cost himself some money, but he he he's a guy who will play on Sundays. But again, I don't think he'll be anything special. I mean, think about this: uh, Marcel Aitman, who was in Oklahoma State and behind James Washington caught for over a 1,000 yards uh, behind Washington, he was a seventh-round draft pick. Right. He went in the seventh round, and that dude was a wide receiver, wide receiver. And so we'll see. I mean, you know, James Washington, stud that was at Oklahoma State, he went in the second round, and he was a stud wide receiver. Right. little undersized, but he was a stud wide receiver. He went in the second round. Guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, they went in the second round. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? And so I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to be cracking the top three rounds. I think he'll definitely be like a, a day three uh, draft pick, probably probably round four.
0: So, you he- because I've heard a lot of people argue that his versatility only helps him, but you you even think that hurts him because um, he's not really he's not really defined.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to be able to do multiple things, but if you can't do anything really, really, really well, then it's going to hurt you. And look, he doesn't want to be a running back on the next level. He right. doesn't, you right. know. And again, I, I think that he could have gone in there as a running back with broken all those records at Tennessee and just said, I don't know how long my career is going to be, but look, I'm going to be a first or second round draft pick. I'm going to get a very nice signing bonus, and I might not even see another contract, but I'm going to make a lot of money on my first contract.
0: How important is it? We talked about this a little bit last year, but again, we were talking before the season even really started. Right? How important is it for Matt Rule that some of these guys Start getting drafted pretty highly, just because I know that is a big mm-hmm. selling point for him and his staff.
1: I think it's very important. It's very important because that's what they're selling to these these uh, you know commits. Like, hey, if you want to get to the level, next level or you want an opportunity to get to the next level, come with me. Look how many players I put in the league. And I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, there's so many Temple right. guys that yeah, are in the yeah. league right now, and there's Temple guys that are going to go to the league this next year that are his guys as well. You know, so he's he's not wrong. He just needs to get these guys developed and, and, and get them where he needs to get them. What I'll give. Him credit for is every single time I'm at McLean Stadium I look in the elevator to see how many scouts are at you know at the game and there's every time there's four or five scouts from different teams at each game there. Baylor he has great relationships with yeah. the with the the league with the coaches with the scouts and so he's getting these guys to go to practice he's getting these guys to come to the game he's ch- I mean like Jalen McClendon will probably get drafted or, or, or something he'll get he'll be put on a team he might not be drafted but he'll he'll be on a team and I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback I don't know
0: I don't think he is
1: but he has great relationships and he's getting these guys to come check them out he's already got him like an opportunity to, to do some extra football after the season's right. over you know what I mean he's already set him up in that position so he's going to get you in front of the guys you need to do but obviously you got to take the next step I don't think McClendon would be very successful in the league I think he has a really good arm but again for everything I've said before he holds on to the ball too long and he'll he'll just kind of throw it up there and make some mistakes but Rules putting him in front of guys. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm thinking that he's got an opportunity to at least latch on to a team in training camp and and try to fight it out. Now, if he makes it, who knows? But he'll have that opportunity where other guys might not have that same opportunity.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, How do you feel about Les Miles at Kansas?
1: I like it. I like it for selfish reasons. I like okay. the selfish reason because Les Miles is a, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Les Miles guy. You know, I, I love watching sec football and I thought that he had a unfair shake when they got rid of him at LSU. Sure, I didn't sure. think they did him right. Uh, I talked to him in Oklahoma city when I was actually covering a softball tournament and he was down there cause his daughter plays softball. So I got a chance to talk to him and interview him and everything. And I was like, man, you need to be back on the sideline. He said, Hey, I'd love to be back. Just need the opportunity. I'm thinking, man, someone needs to bring this guy back. And why not Kansas? Why not Kansas? What do they have to lose?
0: It's a basketball school.
1: Right, but they they have nothing to lose. They're a terrible program as far as football goes. So, yeah, he's got an opportunity to make them at least relevant. He's got an opportunity to call people in, in Louisiana and say, look, man, I know you probably be second or third string at LSU. You'll play right now here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some guys, like me, I'd be like, well... All right, I'll come play with you, even though it's not my dream school. But you're a hell of a coach, and I really, really like you. and And if I could play right away, why not? I'll take the opportunity. And so that's that's just me. And I think that there's a lot of guys that will uh, appreciate that opportunity as well.
0: How much do you think he impacts the conference? Uh, I mean, thinking about the fact make it more interesting just with his name alone. Well, but there's I'm just sitting here thinking there's there's before he got hired at Kansas, there were three active head coaches in college football that have won national championships. I believe that's correct. I believe the only active ones are Jimbo Fisher, right? Nick Saban, and Dabo Sweeney. Now you've got a fourth, right. and he's in the Big 12, and he's right. at what, traditionally the, uh, yeah. the worst school in the Big 12. Yeah, and
1: he's not going to win no national championship no. at all. No, 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 but, no. I mean, you know, he's he's going to make that school relevant. And that's, well, really and that's what I
0: I, as I wonder is how much does that shake up the Big 12 if Kansas can suddenly win seven
1: Well, I just think games. More, more importantly, I think he'll get some some more players into the Big 12. You know, I think he'll bring some more real deal players. He'll probably get some state of Texas players that could play, and you know, I mean, he'll he, he'll shake it up a little bit. He'll make recruiting a little bit tough for guys that may be on the fringe of, hey, uh, you know, Texas thinks that I'm a, you know, I'm not a starter. But Kansas thinks I'm a starter, and hey, that's Les Miles. That's the Mad Hatter. He, you know, so I just think that his, his name brings so much relevance, and he's got a lot of work to do. So I don't think that they're going to turn the corner all of a sudden overnight because he's there. Sure, but sure. Uh, again, I think he brings a, a sense of, you know, they're relevant now where they weren't relevant before. So that's that's a step in the right direction alone.
0: Last thought kind of on this train. With all your contacts in the NFL, you keeping up with the NFL, what is the likelihood? I know he said he's not, but I don't believe him. What is the likelihood that Lincoln Riley makes the jump this season either
1: I think it depends Dallas on the team.
0: or Cleveland it, or... it depends
1: on the team I think if Dallas gives a push for him and really comes after him hot and heavy I think that yeah I think that uh, that he goes I is, that sol-
0: is that a is if, that a if it's Dallas is that a solution? Um,
1: it'll make their offense a lot better. It'll make their offense a lot better. Now, if they can keep their defense intact in with Chris Richard and everything, then yeah, that team is a whole lot better overnight because he's a he's the kind of offense that they need to have in the in the in for the sure, yeah. in the in the NFL. I mean, look look at the teams that are succeeding. We just saw uh, a great game on Monday night with the uh, Kansas City and and the, the Rams, and those are two young well not young Andy Reid's not young but still they they have that same kind of mentality as far as offensive mind goes. You see what Sean Payton's doing in New Orleans. I think that'd be a great direction, but I don't think he's going. To Cleveland at all I think that that would be silly I don't care if Baker Mayfield's there or not I, I think that'd be silly but uh, I could see if Jerry Jones wants him I think Jerry Jones can have him. I know that Craig doesn't agree with me there, but, but Craig's an Oklahoma fan too, so he doesn't want to see his guy <laughs> leave. So, truth be told, I, I, I think that see, if for, Jerry wants him, Jerry can get him.
0: For me, that's killing two birds with one stone. You get a great head coach out of Oklahoma, and it helps the Cowboys. There you go.
1: There you go. But, yeah, so so who knows? But, yeah, I think there's a chance. Absolutely. He'll be in the NFL probably one day if that's his desire because he's, he's got enough skills to get it done.
0: This week's Minor Minute, Andrew Minor of Bears Illustrated tells you that, yeah, it's okay to be frustrated, but this is pretty much where we thought Baylor would be at this point in the season before the season began. Here's my buddy, Andrew. At the beginning of this
2: college football season, what if I told you that Baylor heading into their final game would be playing for bowl eligibility and fifth place in the Big 12? Wouldn't any Baylor fan have taken that? With 5 wins, and currently locked in a 5-way tie for 5th place in the conference, that is exactly where Coach Matt Rule and the Bears stand heading into their shootout against Texas Tech at Cowboys Stadium this Saturday. And the thing is, we did tell you that. We've been telling you that since June, starting with our preview of Baylor football early in the summer, continuing with saying how our first 4 games is going to be key to Baylor's success, and saying at the end of the day, Baylor is between a five and seven win football team, but missing a bowl game shouldn't seal Matt Rule's fate. We talked to Matt Rule at Big 12 Media Days about carrying the torch and players building a foundation for the team and the school and leaving a legacy for the future, and how that doesn't necessarily mean winning games this year. We interviewed Joel Klatt at the Media Days. And he said that it's not about being better, which the Bears would be, but it's about being better than somebody else. He thought that Kansas and Baylor would be last in the league. Yet here they are, tied for fifth. We have an opportunity to clinch fifth solely outright if they take care of business against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State beats TCU. We hypothesize that the Bears might be playing for a bowl game in Dallas. We talked about finishing the race for this Baylor football team in August and how that they are very similar to the 2012 Baylor football team of Nick Florence and Lake Seastrunk, and that we should carry high expectations and we should demand excellence and we should demand wins over TCU teams with third string quarterbacks, but be aware that other teams may be better prepared and better equipped mentally to finish the race. And then even before Labor Day, our staff at Bears Illustrated predicted Baylor to go 4 and 8 like Kevin Barrera. 6 and 6 by me with pivotal games being Duke, Kansas State and Texas Tech. Scotty had the Bears at 5 and 7 but had them winning over Texas Tech. And Tim Watkins had the Bears at 6 and 6. The point is that the Bears and Baylor have a tremendous opportunity, a joyful opportunity this Saturday to go on and clinch bowl eligibility. And all their work, everything that they've done has led up to this. And all Baylor should want the success to come now, but they should also know that success is coming even more so in the future. Sick and Bears.
0: Big thank you to Andrew Miner for that minor minute. And he makes a great point. I don't think Baylor fans can be that upset with the progress we've seen this season. And I think we need to understand that this is what most of us expected. We expected some headaches this year. We expected to lose some games that we were in this year. So... Great stuff, Andrew. Appreciate that very much. Here's my final thought before I let you go today. Q referenced it when we were having our conversation, but I did want to talk about this today. I don't know if you heard Matt Rules one-on-one with David Smoke of ESPN Central Texas, but if you haven't, you need to go listen to it now. I know I work for Bears Illustrated and 247, and I'm always promoing those guys, but If you know me, you know I love everybody and anybody who covers Baylor Athletics well and David Smoke and Craig Smoke and your boy Q and Paul Catalina and all those guys. You know, We've had two of those guys on the podcast because they do such a great job over at 1660 ESPN Central Texas here in Waco. But David Smoke sits down for a one-on-one with Matt Rule every week after his Monday press conference. And this week... Smokey went at him. I mean, he asked him the questions that I think all of us wanted to ask him ourselves. I think you can give him a lot of credit as a journalist and as a broadcaster for that. But towards the end of the interview, he specifically asked Matt Rule, and I think he asked him what a lot of us are thinking. And I don't remember exactly how he worded the question, but it was something to the effect of, can you handle this job? Because I think a lot of us, and you've heard me confess this both on the podcast and in an article, I was scared Matt Rule was going to come to Baylor as kind of a jumping off point for the NFL. There are others that are scared he's going to go running because it's been difficult. They're, that he's not going to finish the job, that he's not going to get us back up to a championship caliber football program, right? And that's that's reasonable. It's okay to be scared, but Smokey asked him to straight up like, "Can you handle this? How's it going?" You know, he had already been kind of critical of his coaching in the TCU game. And now he's saying, Coach Rule, can you handle this? Or are you up for this? And I cried, guys, I cried when I heard Coach Rule's response. And I won't completely kill it for you. But basically, Coach Rule says, yeah, I'm the toughest guy you know. You have no idea what people drive by my house and yell at my kids because I took this job. I'm doing this because Baylor deserves a winning culture and a winning football program because there are so many good people, honest people at Baylor. And I want to give this to them. Guys, I know it's been frustrating And you heard me just a few weeks ago get on here and defend Matt Rule and say, I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. I was a skeptic, but I'm all in. And today that rings more true than it ever has. If you're a Baylor fan, support this man. Get on this man's train because he is doing it right. And I don't know how long he's going to be at Baylor. And I do think Q said it uh, earlier in this episode. I've heard others say it. I think it's true. He'll be in the NFL at some point sure I believe that I think I think the NFL is more his game but man he's not there right now he's at Baylor and I've never been more convinced that he's here to do what he said he would do which is get us back competing for championships he's gonna do it he's gonna do it yeah the product on the field this year has been frustrating but what an improvement from last season what an improvement and as his recruits get older, as these systems become more entrenched, as we find the right offensive play caller and the right rhythm on offense, this team is going to be really good. Really good. I'm not going to say how good next year. I'm not going to say when they're going to be that good or whatever. But they're going to be good, and and you need to go listen to this interview. Because, Smokey, shout out. I, I don't know that any of those guys listen to this podcast, but I do want to give a shout out to David Smoke for – the excellent job he does of covering baylor football especially for those of us who are in waco and can tune in to the radio station in our car and give him a shout out for just getting that out of at rule because i think a lot of fans need to hear that and if you haven't heard it you need to go listen to it so what i'm going to do is after this episode is posted i will tweet out the link to that interview and the time stamp of when that specific question is asked it's about a 20 some odd minute interview but you should listen to the whole thing Excellent journalism and professionalism from Smoke and an even better and more just gut-wrenching in a good way response from Matt Rule. I think you'll really appreciate it. Guys, let's get behind this coach. This Baylor fan base can be so petty and divided. Cut it out. Let's get behind this coach. Let's get behind this team. Let's get behind each other. Let's root for this team to get to a bowl game on Saturday. And then let's all go to the bowl game and celebrate Matt Rule. And celebrate these seniors who have been through the ringer. And let's go all in for this football team, this coaching staff. Because Matt Rule's is a good man. You can say whatever you want about the success or the lack of, I think he's had success, going from one win to five this year. But Matt Rule is a great man, and I'm glad he's here. I'm really glad he's here. You need to go listen to that interview. That's all I've got for this week. Quickly, I think we don't beat Texas Tech tomorrow. Ah, shoot me, right? Hey, if you want to know why, if you want to hear my in-depth breakdown, we're going to do it on Please Bear With Me, the show tonight at 8 p.m. I know I missed last week. I had some crazy circumstances going on. It was not my intention. This week, it's on 8 p.m. Please bear with me, the show on Friday night, and I will break it down. Why I think Baylor will fall just short of Texas Tech, but why Baylor can Beat Texas Tech if some things fall together. We'll talk about it tonight, Friday night at 8 p.m., Facebook Live and Periscope. Make sure you're following. Please bear with me. I want you to know that next week we will have the podcast. Regardless of if we win or lose against Texas Tech, I will be recording a new episode and putting it up next week. So stick with us. We've got at least one more. Please bear with me and hopefully a couple more. And hopefully we're getting ready for a bowl game. Thank you one more time to my friend, your boy Q of ESPN Central Texas. Make sure to tune in to Unnecessary Roughness on ESPN Central Texas every weekday at noon Central Time. And check out his Raiders podcast. Follow him on Twitter at your boy Q. And thanks again to Andrew Miner for being involved in almost every episode this season. You guys are the best. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this today. God bless you. Sick Bears. Let's get that win against the Red Raiders, baby talk to you later please bear with me is brought to you by bears illustrated over at baylor 247 thanks to my man tim watkins over there thanks to iron kids for all the music you heard on today's podcast go check them out iron kids on soundcloud i've been scotty swingler and this is please bear with me